Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. He became a coach. He won two championships. And then he became a broadcaster. And, and Nigel, I, I, I think that this is a fair word to use. That he was beloved as a broadcaster, right? For all those, it's like 40 years. Absolutely. And and Celtics fans were really blessed because not only did Tommy Heights, we had Johnny Most forever, who was another guy yes. who was just beloved. And and yeah, it was Nick a, Barry he, never made a foul. <laughs> he never committed a foul. <laughs> the Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. That's my one and only uh, Johnny Most impersonation. It may not be good, but since you don't even know who Johnny Most is, it doesn't really matter if it's good or not. It's better than Nico Sell. Yeah, it is better. Yeah, I'm not good at that. I'm not a good mimic. Um, Okay, so it is right now 7.41 in the morning as I am speaking on Thursday. The Masters is on. It is the beginning of Masters week. The Masters has been... Some of the tea times have been delayed as much as 10 minutes. Michael, you think we're going to... We're in a weather delay already. Right. You think this is going to be intermittent throughout the day. You don't have great hope for them finishing the first round today. It seems like it's impossible with with when sunset is, but that's just me. So we'll figure this out as time goes on. We will go to Barry's Verlugo when it is accommodating to Barry, who's down at the Masters right now. And we will talk about the Masters with him. Um, There's a couple of small things that I wanted to talk about. Uh, at the beginning of the show before I got into what I consider the real open. One is, and this is local for us, there's a young woman in Washington, D.C. who goes to St. John's High School, which is about six, seven blocks from where I live. And her name is Azzy, A-Z-Z-I, or maybe pronounced A-Z, I don't know. I've never heard it, so I don't know. Her last name is Fudd, F-U-D-D. Her dad, I believe his name is Tim Fudd. Part uh, of the Fuddruckers family? I don't think it's the Fuddruckers, no. Tim Elmer? Fudd, I think, is his name, not even Elmer Fudd. And he was a basketball player at American University. Her mom is a woman named Katie Smirka Duffy, and she was a basketball player at Georgetown. And they were both good players. And this young woman, I would call her a girl at my age, she's 18 years old. She's the number one recruit in the country, and she just signed on with UConn. She just made an announcement yesterday, I mean, which is, your choices are fairly limited. You know, you can go to South Carolina. You can go to Notre Dame. You can go to Duke. You could stay local. You know, you could stay local and go to Georgetown like her mom or Maryland. Maryland Uh, Maryland has won the national championship. But the best year in and year out, the dominating program uh, over the last 15 years and took it away from Tennessee is UConn. So we wish her luck. And if you're you're that high of a recruit, you're going to make the starting five. Remember, you used to have... She's the number one. Yeah, you used to have basically two all-star teams. Yeah, yeah. She's the number one recruit in the country. Now, she's not that big. She's in the five-foot range. She's not in the six-foot range. It's She's not like Brianna what, Stewart. It's fun to see what St. John's women's basketball has become over the last couple of years. Is, is, are they always good? Be, th- is it because like, of her or is it because of somebody else? Uh, I think it's a lot of her? factors. I think yeah. it's a commitment by the school. If you look at their mission and some of the money that's been poured into the school by, well, through Under Armour. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm confused. Did you and, and Dr. Harvey Stinger, were you not able to go down there and make a pitch for Binghamton? We were not, no, but more importantly, and we may get to this later, um, I'm going to buy the seats. I'm going to buy seats to a game where I get my picture up there with (laughs) Michael, Michael, Liz, and the boys, and I'll buy five seats. I'll figure it out. And, you know, I can do that. But now the big question is, what do I want you wearing in this post? We've already taken the pictures. (laughs) No, no, but I can add something to it. I want like a full coach's track suit. You can, yeah, you can do it. (laughs) Sweatbands. A bunch of college football games Clipboard. have been canceled. 
uh, this is because this is because of coronavirus. Uh, it, it's look, college football is not the NFL. The NFL has a single coherent policy on the virus that affects all teams in the same way. And the NFL is going to push through if it can. And the difference is the players there, they, they make money. They assume the inherent risk in this. They're on board as well. Not the college football players aren't on board, but it's different. They're not being paid. And in college, each conference is just sort of like the United States of America, you know, where there's no one single coherent policy, not yet anyway, that governors make policies and mayors make policies and some guy across the street makes a policy. And this is what happens in college. There are different protocols depending on your conference, your state and your city. It's just different. Cal, University of California has a much stricter set of protocols from from Berkeley, actually from the city of Berkeley, California, where Cal is then and then, you know, other schools in the conference have. So you got to get used to this. This is what's going to happen in hindsight. The Pac-12 and the Big Ten should have started earlier. Everybody should have started earlier. They should have taken the science that was being offered to them by Fauci and others saying, look, you're better off doing it earlier than doing it, all, doing it later when we expect another wave, which has obviously happened even earlier than people thought. So I'm going to get off that soapbox now, and I'm going to tell people. I have talked before about Chessie getting rabbits two days ago. Uh, today's Thursday, so maybe three days ago, maybe Monday, Monday or Tuesday. I don't know which day. I come back from the morning Tuesday. walk Tuesday. I come back from the morning walk with the dog. So now it's about six thirty in the morning. It's already light in the sky at that point. And I go through the backyard and I take the dog's leash off and the dog, the dog's ears go up and I go, Oh no, she's not going to get another rabbit. No, I'm so tired of putting dead rabbits in plastic bags and in the garbage. I'm just so tired of that. And she goes over to the bush area and nothing really happens. And then she comes back and she walks halfway to me and I'm going to walk from the backyard to the front yard. When all of a sudden she takes off right behind the bushes, the forsythia bush. Now I got a dog that goes from zero to max in about a second and a half. <laughs> yes, she I, does. You know, it, she's not the fastest dog in the world, but she's at top speed faster than other dogs. And she's at top speed, and I don't know what is happening because she's behind the bushes. And then I hear a rustling, and I go, oh, it's a rabbit. And something darts by me, and it is definitely not a rabbit because it's about three feet long, and it's got an auburn, silky tail. It's a fox. I don't know what it's doing in my yard. Maybe it's eating the rabbits. But it is a fox. And foxes are fast. Not as fast as Chessie, but fast enough in this case because it had a small head start. It goes towards the fence between our house and the little house. There's a fence, and at the point in which the fox jumps... That fence is about three and a half to four feet high. Am I right, Michael? Yeah, standard like wire metal fence. Three and a half to four feet high. Rabbits can't jump. Rabbits try to burrow. They try to get under. Chessie eats the rabbits. This fox jumped and landed on the top of the fence oh. and was able to push off into the little house and run away. Chessie leaped for the tail of the fox. Like a Mookie Bet situation? He's going to try and she was, yeah, go bring over the wall, bring it, bring back, it back from <laughs> over the wall. It's going to bite the tail. Now, I am so happy that the dog did not succeed in this because a fox is not a rabbit. 
A rabbit dies quickly and quietly and submissively. And foxes are cats. They're ready to rock. You know, that would have been a fight to the end. And I, I don't know. I don't think a fox is as tough as a raccoon, but I think a fox is plenty tough. So I am, I'm very happy that Chessie did not bring that fox back. Very happy. And, and terrified that we have now have foxes in the yard, which is not something I want. Don't want foxes. So that's my story on that. You're looking at me quizzically. No, the neighborhood's changing. First we had to deal with rabbits, and now foxes, foxes. are moving in. And the bigger question for me is in the back... Behind the Forsythia. When did the armadillo have, come in? But that's when you have to move out. <laughs> yeah. When did the armadillo the Property come values in? just plummeted. Armadillo. So there used God. to be a big tree behind the Forsythia, and that fell down maybe in the derecho or, or a couple yeah. years thereafter. Yeah, it's big and pine tree. Ne- you left the stump for many years. It's still and, there. And I'm wondering if there is a, if there is a fox den underneath that, if they burrowed into the underside of that old stump. Wouldn't I have seen foxes before? I mean, not if they're doing their job right. Yeah. Okay. One other now, note here. You, go ahead. I was going to say, you saw him jump over the fence towards the little house. Yes. Perhaps he, did he go in the little house? Is he living no. there? Does he have a, no. he's got a family no. there? Okay. No, no, he may have a family there, but he's not living there. It's not a permanent domicile. He, <laughs> it's not even he heated. left, <laughs> right, not like this house, up to 80 degrees. Um, Humidity in this house is 85. It's terrible, just terrible. So the, um, the, the windows fox, are open. Yeah, the fox ran through the yard there. You know, and just ran into the alley, and who knows what happened to the fox. And hopefully he told all his mates. for neutral territory. Yeah, Yeah, hopefully he told all his mates. He's like, don't go there. There's a very large, very fast dog. We just need to steer clear of that. So maybe that was the the warning that they they got and they needed. This is something I got a few weeks back, and I never read it on the air. I'm going to read it now. Dear Mr. Tony, my name is Jim McClellan. The name might ring a bell. I was the person who somehow, via the wonders of the Internet, found a relic from your past that seemed to mean the world to you. The 1967 calendar from the Aloha Tower restaurant in your hometown of Lindbrook. It meant a lot to you, which meant a lot to me as a listener and a little. To hear you describing this item and your memories from your childhood was a ray of sunshine peeking through the cloudy skies, although it's been almost three years. And since then, it has gone by coastal and maybe living somewhere in Los Angeles with your good friend and fellow Lindbrookian, Charlie Steiner. I seem to recall you saying you were each keeping it for a year. And my hope in the past was to somehow, someday, witness the exchange. Maybe over dinner at the Palm, we could split the pork chop. Indeed, the, the two times we've made the exchange has been at the Palm, where Charlie comes into town when the Dodgers play the Nats, and there's a dinner that includes Charlie and Chuck Todd and Wolf Blitzer and people like that who are Charlie's pals. Do you think the calendar got a ring? I don't know. <laughs> Charlie's getting a ring. Charlie's getting a ring. Size eight. I have no idea what Charlie's ring size is. I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> recent events such as they are, that dinner or the possibility of the show doing a remote are probably not going to happen. More likely, you'll still be in the attic doing PTI for the winter. Sorry. No, it's true. Since your Nats won last year and Charlie's Dodgers won this year, there seems to be a bit of serendipity in play. I thought if Charlie could FedEx it back to you, that would be a perfect opportunity to display it at your lovely home in the at at your lovely wall in your home studio attic on the wall behind you. I see items moving on and off the wall. Yes, every week we change pictures. My childhood artwork. Yes, maybe the Aloha Tower calendar might find its way home there. It's hard to find a place to put it up and 
It's just not big enough for anybody to see. And it would be a clandestine shout-out to your fellow Lindbergites. Sort of a secret code, only they would understand. A bit like POW's eyes blinking Morse code to their base, understanding, of course, that you are seldom tortured at Uncle Benny's table. Unless, of course, Crystal Lizza calls in. Thank you for keeping us entertained, you and your tales of woe. Disdain for technology, your love of family, classic rock and roll and sports, especially baseball. Keep the littles waiting for your next podcast to drop with anticipation. And a smidge of relief, after all, we are getting older. Warmest regards, Jim McClellan, Aurora, Colorado. P.S. I somehow lost the picture, but the description was still in my eBay. See attachment or on second thought. Have Michael or Nigel find it. I don't want you to be frustrated looking at it. And he enclosed the description. Check it out. Here's a classic original three inch wide by eight inch tall by one half inch thick. Beautiful, vividly colored glass and metal thermometer and calendar combo from 1967. Issued by a Chinese restaurant known as Aloha Tower in Lindbergh, Long Island. The front pictures a pair of long tailed brids on the branches of a tree i think it's birds and he wrote brids birds on the branches of a tree in full color with a glass tube thermometer inset within it reads a lower tower long island's leading chinese american restaurant unequaled in lobster family dinners and cocktail lounge air-conditioned dining room for your comfort 17 broadway Lindbergh, new york phone ly9-7479 and features a 1967 month-by-month calendar on back starting at may 1967 Great condition and ready for display. Great advertising item. I've, I think I've got it here. I don't exactly know where it is. Charlie will get it back. If you have it here, get it on, get it on set. Um, I will try to do that. You have a couple days because yeah. you, you have the Masters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I will try to do that. That is, that is the opener of the show. And we will come back. Uh, have we made contact with Barry? Is it, is it okay to get Barry around 8 o'clock? Yep. No, he said that would actually be perfect. So we are in great shape. Tremendous, tremendous. Barry's Verlugo, when we come back, I am Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Brooklinen ad, and it says pick one or ad lib. I'll pick one. Some mornings you wake up feeling ready, ready to pull the covers over your head and go back to sleep. Everybody does that. No judgment, of course. But let's make having the most comfortable sheets the reason why. Don't love your sheets. Brooklinen has you covered. Oh, so in other words... It's if, if you don't love your sheets, Brooklyn and has you covered. That was implicit in that. And I didn't really read it as well as I could. Brooklyn was started by Rich and Vicky. We've done this a lot. I've bought their stuff. I like their stuff. I've got their towels. I've got their sheets. I've got their comforters. I spent money for it. So I like it. Uh, Richie and Vic also tried. I'm sorry. Rich and Vicky. 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 Like, is it Valerie? Yeah. It's Valerie. Hey, Vicky. <laughs> Started by Rich and Vicky, who also tried phone. to find beautiful home essentials that didn't cost an arm and a leg. And when they couldn't, they founded Brooklinen as the first direct-to-consumer bedding company. They worked directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without the luxury-level markups. Brooklinen has a variety of sheets, colors, patterns, and materials to fit your needs and tastes. Over 50,000 five-star reviews and counting. And there's so much more than sheets. They've got comforters, pillows, towels, even loungewear and more. I've bought most of these things. You can buy sheets, bedding, and pillows all at once and save even more. Don't wait. Do something nice for yourself. Go to brooklinen.com. Use the promo code. Use the code, people. Tony K Show to get 10% off your first order and free shipping. That's brooklinen, B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N. Dot com and enter the promo code Tony K Show for 10% off your first order plus the free shipping. Brooklinen.com, promo code Tony K Show at checkout. You're listening, You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is sent to us by Kurt Leaders in Tucson, Arizona. And he says, Attached is the best song that I recorded with my band, The Diagonals, in 2005. I do to you. 
That's me on bass. Why did I wait until now to submit this song? The Diagonals broke up in 2007. <laughs> Didn't want to get in the way of any act of musicians trying to get their big break. Well, today I thought about all the big music acts that got their big break on the Tony Kornheiser show. Zero, zilch, bupkis, squadoosh. <laughs> Not exactly American Idol, so enjoy. If you want to stream our music, too bad. If you want a CD, you're out of luck. Unless you paid five bucks at one of our shows in 2006. Maybe you'll get a few extra plays because the Tony Kornheiser show is literally the only place you can hear this song. I do, do you, by the Diagonals. And that plays in Barry's Verluga, who is in Augusta and can give us an update at what is now basically 8 o'clock in the morning. Are you in delay? Are you? What is going on? We are in delay. Um, I went out for a Bryson DeChambeau, who's supposed to be at 7.33. They were already delayed a little bit. Jack Nicholas and Gary Player were a little late with the ceremonial first tee shot, and some thunderstorms rolled through. So it seems like it's going to be a little bit of a an intermittent day today. Do we think they will actually finish round one today? It's a limited field. There's less than 100 players. It's a limited field, but we're now dealing with limited light in November. So it'll yeah. be interesting. Yep. I mean, this thing is not going to roll into 7 p.m. like we're used to, um, you know, in April. They want to be finished up, and they need to be finished up by, like, 5.30. So they are um, playing off two tees, which they've never done at the Masters. Um, that's obviously can get the uh, get the field through more quickly. But um, I think you're right, Tony. If it's not, like, you know, hours and hours off, they'll be able to get the – 92-player field through. Okay. Um, our, our impression, Michael's impression, when he was looking at the app today, is that there are no ropes at all. There are no ropes, right? So does that it, allow you to – where can you go? I have been in two days here, places on this golf course where I have never been before in, I guess, what would probably be 10 previous Masters. Um, it's, it's starkly different. Um, no ropes are because there's no fans. So they have, instead of ropes, um, as anything at, at Augusta National would be, very subtly spray-painted dark green dash lines that are a guiding point for you to walk. But, you know, yesterday, just uh, walking around following some groups, um, you could get remarkably close to 15 green, 16 tee box and green, places where in the past, in, in a normal Masters, you've got 40,000 people, and you can't overstate the, the number of um, fans who have long-standing traditions of, of getting here when the gates open, racing to a certain spot with their folding chair. Jolene Wojcik, yeah, from 18. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So th- that's all gone, and therefore there's no bottlenecks of fans, and, uh, you know, it's terrible for the, for the vibe of, the, the event, which is so defined by those roars kind of, you know, rippling through the pines. But um, as a consumer who's on site, uh, I can't deny that I'm, I'm not looking forward to seeing shots I haven't been able to see in person before because um, we'll be able to get to spots that we haven't been able to access before. So other than the players, um, who's actually out on the course watching besides the players in the press? I, I'm going to assume membership has a certain privilege there and members can go or can they not yeah it looks uh like it i mean just by the scene on the on the first and tenth tees out there a little bit earlier uh lots of green jackets now could any member come I, i'm not clear on that they're not uh right. super forthcoming with with information here um but they you know they have a large master's committee and and it's not just you know one person saying this is how this thing's going to go 
Um, and then, you know, there's photographers, there's um, the CBS, ESPN personnel. It's not nobody out there, but there's, if, if you're here, you are never going to be, you know, three deep behind someone craning your neck to, to see a shot. You're right. going to get to a spot where, you, where you're going to be able to have a clean look at things. Have you seen the great Jimmy Dunn yet? Have you seen him? Because you've got to say hello to Jimmy Dunn for me if you I, see I him. I haven't. Yeah. Everybody seems to have heard his name three or four times already, and I haven't seen it. <laughs> okay. Well, if you see him, just say hello. I will. Um, so this is the question. Michael and I have talked about this. If you're a player at the Masters, and there's normally around the green, you know, five, six, eight deep, you can launch a ball. It can go a little deep. It'll hit a guy. <laughs> you know, it'll stop. It'll hit somebody, and it'll stop. If there's nobody there and you're long, it's an entirely different hole. What are your thoughts in terms of the strategy or the ability to make shots with and without fans? Or am I overstating this? Which I don't possible? think you're overstating it. And I, I think there's both good and bad possibilities in that. One, I, I think players are in general used to framing shots with with the galleries. And so that's going to be different. Now, keep in mind, um, almost all of these guys come and play this course before it opens to fans on a typical Monday. So um, whether it's the Sunday right before when there are no fans out here, or if it's in the weeks prior, um, you know, they've seen it look like this. Jordan Spieth talked to him the other day. He said, look, I've I've been here in the fall. I, I know what this looks like. Now, what it does open up are some strategic plays that you wouldn't be able to think of if um, fans were here. So, you know, I don't want to get too technical, but take the, the par five second hole, which is down the hill. Um, there's a, there are pins on the left-hand side of that hole where it would be really better to access from, from the right side. So Rory McIlroy was saying the other day, look, normally I can't, miss right there on my second shot because I'd be in the gallery to the right of the green and, and they've tramped down the grass to a point where it's almost soupy mud and have a terrible lie. Well, now if I blow it right there, if I, I could have a, per- I'd probably have a perfect lie and I'd have a better angle into the pin. DeChambeau obviously hits it 850 yards. Um, he's talking about blowing it through the fairway on 13 um, so that he has a better angle into, into that pin. So there's, there's creative ways to think about things that wouldn't exist if guys were in, the, you know, fans were in the way. Um, I'm not sure how much it'll come into play, but I'd, I'd be on the lookout for, for things you don't normally see because the fans aren't here. Look, I, I mean, I was a sports columnist for a long time. And so I'm just going to announce this and you can tell me if I'm wrong. On the first day of the Masters, this particular Masters, there's only two people that matter. Bryson DeChambeau and Tiger Woods. They're the only two people that matter, and I'd be concentrating on them. I would want DeChambeau to win the Masters. I really would, because I'd want to know whether or not that makes the golf establishment fearful or it makes them happy, how it changes their minds about the way golf is played. I mean, the the overarching drama here is Bryson DeChambeau and his struggle to win this master in a, Masters in a way that hasn't been done before. But it's him and Tiger the first day. Am I wrong on that? I mean, isn't that what so you're, you're thinking the same way? 1,000% right. And, and I'll say a couple things. I mean, I, I got here Monday night. I wrote two stories. Or I guess I wrote DeChambeau over the weekend and wrote Tiger Tuesday. I mean, those are the, they are 
the two figures that matter to a broader yeah. audience. And, and then, you know, after that, you get quickly into niche golf nerd stuff. Um, on DeChambeau, he is, if he's not breaking the game, he is certainly taking the stodgiest of sports and, and turning it on its head and making people, forcing people to think about things uh, in a different way. Phil Mickelson, the other day, who, you know, he's always been a creative but very traditional player, um, he was very frank about it. He, he said, Bryson DeChambeau is a huge asset for this sport. He is getting eyes on the sport that would not otherwise be there. Um, who cares if he's uh, doing things drastically differently, if he's just talking about straight up adding more weight so he can translate that to more club head speed, so he can translate that to more distance. He has based all of that in analytical, scientific thinking. He knows what the risks are uh, and what the rewards would be. And is it aesthetically pleasing to watch? Do I love watching his golf swing? I, I don't. But I'm ex definitely excited to see where can he hit the ball. I mean, I'll, I'll just say yesterday, he, I followed him for his practice, practice round. He came in off of 18 green. He, Lee Westwood, and Matthew Wallace, another Englishman, were on the first tee. He asked, can I just hit one ball here? He wanted to, It was almost like he was preparing to hit a walk-off homer. He got up on number one. He, he just absolutely obliterated a drive and then walked into the clubhouse without going to get the ball. I walked up to see where it was. And it was 65 or 70 yards beyond Westwood, a yard off in the rough. He, he was going to have about, on a 455-yard hole, a 75-yard flip uh, into the green. So that's golfy, but it's also a way to get people to look at things in a different way and to take a, a regular sports fan and bring him into a sport that he might otherwise not watch. So Wilbon hates him and says all the players hate him. I don't believe all the players hate him. I believe a lot of players probably look at him and go, wow, that's different. Let's root for him. What is your sense of how the players view DeChambeau? So I think there are two ways to think of it. Um, is this a person who you would like to have dinner with and, and a beer? And I think the answer there might be not so much. I mean, he told a story the other day, uh, you know, was asking, about growing up, um, did you play team sports? Why did you Why did you choose golf? And he said, you know, I was terrible at team sports because I was um, I was expecting all these other ten year olds to care as much as I care and think about it as much as I do. So you could see how he could be a bad teammate and a bristly personality and, and really genuinely quirky and and odd. That you know, he remind you know that it, like when I read stuff from him, uh, the guy I I think about all the time is Trevor Bauer. You sure, just think he's exactly. sort of iconoclastic. He's just sort of right. different. And doesn't care. But I think right. what, what people are now finding, what players are now finding, and, and Phil would fall in this category, and Tiger, who played a practice run with him the other day, would fall in this category. Now that he's won the U.S. Open, and now that he, he has transformed his body in a very short period of time and, and proven that the, there is method behind his madness, that there's an end goal that makes sense. The smart, inquisitive players out here, and that's not a small lot, are going to have to take note and say, 
is there anything he's doing that could apply to me? Now, I don't expect everybody to come, you know, show up at next year's Masters with irons that are all the same length and, and swinging on that plane and, and weighing 280 pounds. But you'd be foolish if this guy were to go and win the last two masters, uh, majors of this year. I think the field would, would say I'd be foolish not to look at that, um, admire what went into it because he, he's not just some, it, it didn't come easily. I mean, there was a lot of work and a lot of thought behind all of it. I don't even think we know half of what's gone into it. Um, so I, th- I think there's a, a personal level, Tony, and I think there's a professional. Personal, maybe they, maybe he's not their cup of tea. Professionally, it's getting to the point where they have to admire and, and inquire about what they're seeing play out before them. I would think that if, if I were scripting this, if this were a movie, the greatest possible ending would be that Bryson DeChambeau loses by one shot. And so you hear the sound of the freight train coming, but it isn't there yet. And so that sets up, you know, down the road, more fear among other players because it, it, it's without question that this thing is going to overtake. You know what I mean? It's like DK Metcalf chasing down that DB. You know, and you just say, For wow, sure. this is, yeah, this is coming. So, I mean, that, that's how I look at it. I, I wonder, you know, if you could script it ideally, what would it be for you? Does he win? Does he lose? Does somebody well, else? I does think, Tiger? I think... You know what do you what do you root for in these situations? You root for either kind of domination and excelling, or like the a flip side of it is what if he goes out and shoots eighty five today? And I'm not saying that's wow. even possible, but there is a you know what you what you don't want is Deshambo at T twenty four, right? Like right. like right. kind of like a non factor. Golf almost more than any sport I've covered. You you want the leading characters to be in the mix and that so you go through and i will say that even though leading into the on a thursday of the masters that the two figures that are most prominent and, and you would want to write about the most are clearly woods and, and shambo yeah but you could you could end up as we did last year here with a leaderboard on sunday that is full of guys who have stories here that are Dramatic. Rory McIlroy would be completing the the career Grand Slam. He has his demons here. Jordan Spieth, who I can't imagine would be in contention, but he's fallen off the face of the planet and is um, somewhat of a tragic figure at this point. Dustin Johnson is unbelievably talented, and Justin Thomas is unbelievably talented. And you look at their resumes, and each of them somehow only has one major. How is that? Why is that? So you do get into a little bit of a, a golf bubble, but there are... There are some some intriguing storylines, and I would expect that when you look at that um, that leaderboard on Sunday afternoon on the back nine, you're going to recognize almost all the names up there. It just feels like um, it's it's going to be a, a star-studded Masters. Yeah, that would be good, and that, you know, I think that people people who like golf like that tournament more than any tournament because of the familiarity of it and the annualization of it, and and it's Augusta, and people. You know, like Michael, you you're one. You know every hole on the course. I mean, you've you've walked it what twice in your life? And walked you, it twice with you? Yeah, and you know every hole on the course, and you I, know all the shots. Yeah, and I don't know any of that stuff. It's the I, one I, tournament I, where you transpose history into this year's tournament. Yeah, I just think the important thing is to get a belt. <laughs> I just think <laughs> to the pro shop that Sands could get a belt for us. You know, that would be a a big deal. I wanted to ask the personal question. 
um, year after year after year, people go and they have group homes and they eat together and they hang out together. Is that happening this year? I've told this story a million times. I've gone there twice with ESPN and you, it was great. It was just great. They, you know, hire a chef and, and all that. You can't do that now. You can't sit at a long table with 20 people. You can't do it. So what is your life like? So my normal life here is, is as I think we've talked about in the past, running a house. Um, and I just fall into the kind of post spot here. But it would be me and Boz and John Feinstein and Dave Kindred and Art Spander, um, who's a longtime sports writer from the, from the West Coast. Um, K-A-R-T, you know, 24 hours a day, you're on, baby. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so not my uh, generation necessarily, but um, that's, right. that's my house. Um, it's now, the reason, one, one of the reasons we do that is, you know, the Marriott in downtown Augusta in Masters Week when there are fans here is like 900 bucks a night or something. So, um, but it's not this week because there's not 40,000 people in town. Uh, so it, it is a straight up, blow through the lobby with your mask on, go to your room. Oh, okay. um, yeah. We have been able yeah. to um, eat outside with colleagues, but not, not groups of 20, just, uh, you know, one or two, two friends. Um, but it is, it's a fundamentally different uh, feel, different experience. And, and, you know, the boss hasn't missed the masters in, in a long, long time. Um, so that's different. I've, I've always, I've never been here without him. Well, uh, Boz is my side. age. Boz missed the right. World Series and the Masters just like I would have. Yeah. You right. know, that's no, it. Smart, that's how it goes. Smart decision. Yeah. Smart decision. Yeah. So, but it is right. very, very different. Enjoy yourself. Um, if you do see the great Jimmy Dunn, please say hi. Say hi I to Van do. Pelt. Van Pelt is a good guy. Do you know Van Pelt? He's good. I don't well, but I, I saw Sands last night. Uh, and we'll, yeah, Sands. Uh, we'll, yeah, we'll pour one out for you guys. Tremendous. Thank you, Barry. Barry's Reluga, Thanks, boys Barry. and girls. We will take a break. Uh, we will come back. Jeff Ma will pick some games for us when we return. I am Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Did you know that you can use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows? I didn't. That are only available in other countries? I had no idea. <laughs> ExpressVPN <laughs> lets you change your online location so you can control where you want sites to think you're located. Oh, I thought you were just in the living room. Oh, okay. Open the Give me the old razzle dazzle yeah. then, huh? <laughs> razzle dazzle them. Hey, okay. diddle, diddle, ray. <laughs> Open the app, select a location, tap one button to connect and refresh the page to access thousands of new shows and movies. You can choose from almost 100 different countries. So you can watch Doctor Who on UK Netflix or The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air on Australian Netflix. Nothing says L.A. like Australian Netflix. Nothing. And this works with any streaming advice. The Hulu, BBC iPlayer, and YouTube. You can stream in HD, no problem, no buffering or lag. It's compatible with all your devices, phones, laptops, media consoles, smart TVs, even your TV. Not only does it let you change your location, it also encrypts your data and lets you surf the web safely and anonymously. Anonymous. Go to expressvpn.com slash Tony to get an ex extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's great. Expressvpn.com slash Tony. That's expressvpn.com slash Tony. Good job. Thanks, Dad. This, this is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Tony Kornheiser Show. Gravity has mass. It's the discovery du jour. Gravity has mass. Now I can sleep again for sure. It explains <laughs> the expansion of the universe. 
It explains the Atlanta sports fans curse Why Kershaw in the playoffs can lead to indigestion It solves the over-under toilet paper question It explains how Brady at 80 can still pass Gravity has mass This is the great Dan Byrne Gravity has mass explains double doink kicks Blake Snell getting pulled This two outs into six the frightened looks of Mike Tyson's early opponents, LeBron's 15-year dominance, David Aldrich moments, the TK show won't ever run out of gas if gravity has mass. This is totally brilliant. It's totally brilliant, Dan Byrne. Totally brilliant. And your kids listen to his... It's so great. I'll play this for Walker and, and Bootsy will go, it's good. It's not, it's not stinky and dirty, though. It's so great. <laughs> It's so great. Michael, if people like uh, Dan Byrne uh, want to send in their original music, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at com, And you can listen to it in its entirety at the end of the show. That is the rejoin for Jeff Ma. We should talk to Jeff. Uh, and obviously his podcast is called Bet the Process. But we were going to have him pick games. But before we get to the games, there are odds on the Masters, I'm sure. What is the... What is the betting like on the Masters? Or, or is it is it just straight up betting? Can you can you bet somebody to finish top five, top ten? How does it work? Yeah, there's there's tons of different ways you can bet it. Um, obviously, you can bet who's going to win, and, and Bryson was the favorite uh, almost right. by far. It was then Bryson, and then uh, DJ, Rom, and then McElroy. Um, you can bet on matchups, so they have individuals like uh, you know you could bet on. Bryson to finish higher than than Dustin. Uh, you can bet on top five, top ten. They have different groups of like five people. You can bet on who will be the top in that. You can bet top American, top Asian, all this type of stuff. Um, you can bet to make the cut or miss the cut. That's probably one of the most popular ones that people people enjoy betting. Um, so th- there's tons of ways to bet it, and, and the Masters, I think, has the most uh, of any golf event bet on it. So there was tons of Tons being bet going in, and the the PGA has generally really embraced betting. Um, the, it, it's you know during this COVID time uh, when it was the only thing going on, the amount of betting on golf just really increased a ton. Do you know that DeChambeau has a DraftKings hat? I mean, you know, you don't see this in other sports. DeChambeau's wearing it. He bumped out the Puma hat for a DraftKings hat. I'm told. I think that's true. I'm not sure yeah. that other sports would allow that. Maybe they would. I don't know. They're they're going to. I mean, this is this is, you know, how many more states legalized it during this last election cycle? You're going right. to see it um, becoming. You know, I would say in the next five years, you're going to see it probably in close to 40 states. So it's going to become pervasive, and it's just going to become a new normal for us, where we just learn to live with it like we did COVID. Are you informed on the Masters? Is that something you and Rufus know something about, or you just well, say, no, well, I'm just telling you how it works? Rufus is, yeah, Ruf, I mean, I'm somewhat informed, but Rufus is a savant on this stuff. He's really? literally the, the, yeah, no, he's, if you want to have him on next year to talk about this stuff, he is uh, literally the, the guy that the markets move based on what he bets on. Um, so he controls almost like what the, what the worldwide golf, uh, market looks like well who does he like this year uh i know he liked you know as a sort of lo- longer shots he liked 
Hideki Matsuyama. He liked uh, Jason Day. He thinks DJ should be the favorite to win this thing. Um, th- those are some of the names he liked. Oh. Um, he-, he says that Bryce, the thing with Bryson, and what most people say is that Bryson is breaking people's models right now because he'll put the ball, he's going to put the ball in a places after his first shot that no one else has. So to have data on what someone's opportunities look like from that spot, you just don't have that data. So Bryson is a guy that sort of breaks breaks the model. So he's he sort of shied away from things involving Bryson, but obviously the, the outrights, meaning who wins, um, certainly gets affected by that. But yeah, the guy the guy that he really liked was Matsuyama. I, I know he liked Day because he thought Day was a little bit underrated going into this. So those are the names. Okay, let me get to the football. You were two and three. You're nineteen twenty three and two. You missed late, and I felt badly because Houston gave up you know, to a guy I'd never never heard of, the Jacksonville quarterback, whatever his name was, Font or Pont or something like that. Um, There's a four letter. Luton, okay, and then suddenly he's going up and down the field and closed you out late, right? Does that that look like a win for you? I, I mean, so he he was running in the end zone, and someone pressed the circle button. He did a great spin move to get a touchdown there. So, yeah, no, I mean, it, it, again, it's it is what it is. There's been a lot of tough coin flips that I've lost this year, and and that's why I'm below 500. But you know, in the in the past few years, I probably won those those coin flips. So, you know, you, 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 you hope that you keep sticking with the process, which is why we call it bet the process. And, and hopefully you'll, you'll end up on top at the end of the year. Yeah. Well, if you bet the process your whole life, you would have Simmons and Embiid now, but you would have had lean years in Philadelphia, right? I mean, that's well, a lot of sports fans. They, they hear the word process and they think of the Philadelphia 76ers. Am I right? Well, I think ultimately, yes, and, but I think ultimately when you think about what you're trying to do in sports, right, it's, is you're trying to win a championship, right, which means you need to have a long-term perspective, and that's, I think, the problem that most organizations don't have because these coaches and these GMs have, what, a three- to five-year lifespan, so they can't have a long-term process. But as a fan, you know, you, you just want your team to, to build something where you have a chance to win a championship, and I mean, I, I, I'm friends with Sam, and I think, I think that's what Sam did. I think they had given yeah. him a chance. You know, the, the reason that they ended up not, you know, failing or to some degree was because they didn't end up sticking with the process, right? They brought in some people to take over what Sam had built that largely ruined it and did things like I agree with that. Tobias Harris instead of Jimmy Butler and whatnot. Totally so. agree with that. I totally agree with that. All right, let's get to some games. What do you got for us this week? All right, we're going to take the Titans – Tonight, plus the one over Indy, um, this is kind of a, interesting because last week uh, we saw a similar line move where Indy uh, was a underdog, I think about a two-and-a-half-point underdog to Baltimore, and then the line moved to the point where at kickoff, Indy was a favorite over Baltimore. Betters love Indy. Um, I just don't see them being a favorite now in Tennessee uh, to a Titans team, you know, Got got Desmond King. I think will be a little bit better defensively. That was the knock against them, um, and I like them plus the one here against Indy. Okay, what else? We're gonna take the Texans plus the three over Cleveland. The Texans are a weird team because they have zero reason to tank. They have no draft picks, um, so you know we think they're gonna keep trying to play. And you know, again, Cleveland also is sort of a weird team. Has beaten a lot of bad teams. Hasn't beaten a lot of good teams. I just think right. getting three points with the Texans here um, 
in a game that they'll obviously still try to win um, is, is value. So you're not going to go away from them because of what happened late in the game against Jacksonville. Okay, that's good. That's good. What else? Yeah. We're going to take the Eagles minus the three over the Giants. Um, you know, someone has to win this division. Um, and, you know, <laughs> ultimately, <laughs> you got a situation where the Eagles haven't been particularly healthy all year, haven't played well all year. And you and I have talked about Carson Wentz. Um, he's, you know, does all these ridiculous things all game, holds the ball, sticks with plays way too long, but then, you know, we'll throw dimes to, you know, five, four running backs. And so ultimately I, I still, I still believe in him to some degree. And, and I think the giants, um, you know, they're a pretty challenged team. So I, I like the Eagles minus the three here. Yeah. Don't be misled by the giants beating Washington. Don't be misled by that. Don't. Okay. What else? Well, they, they, I mean, they, they almost, that game away, right? They, That's right. They, were, That's they went right. up to a big lead and then and then let Alex Smith throw for what over three hundred yards against them. So, yep. You know, all right. We'll move on. Bucks minus the five over Carolina. Um, Carolina is going to be probably without McCaffrey. Um, you know how much he matters. He matters a little bit for sure. Um, the Bucks. You know, everyone's going to be kind of down on them. This this line opened at minus six. Has been down to minus five. I think they, they bounce back here. Um, their defense obviously is, is much better than it looked, and, and their offense will have another week to have Antonio Brown in there, who I think will be a difference maker for Brady because they're going to have, like, you know, Brady's hallmark with the Patriots was always these sort of quick plays, quick releases. He's throwing the ball downfield a lot more in the Arians' offense, and people were pretty worried about this um, because of, you know, the, whether they had the ability to protect him, protect him. They didn't last week against New Orleans, and that's what you saw. I think this week they will, and I think this week they will have some more game plan for quick passes to Antonio where, you know, it, it won't allow Brady to get pressured. Um, so I think they'll, they'll win this game by a touchdown. The team interests me in this regard. If you take, and I, I know you can't take out the New Orleans games, They've looked bad in two games other than the two New Orleans games, but they looked really bad against New Orleans. It may just be that Sean Payton's a better coach than Bruce Arians and prepares his team better for Tampa than Bruce Arians does prepare his team for New Orleans. I mean, I I almost want to throw those games out. I guess I'm wrong to do that, but it's like domination. There's still some analytics people that believe that New Orleans is the best team in the league. So, if you know, throwing those games out, I mean, you can't throw them out, but you could also say, right. hey, this is the best team in the league that really matches up well with you, that prepares really well for you, and, and you know, see what see where that leaves us. Okay. You got another game for us, Jeff? I'm going to do two more quickly. I'm going to take the Bills okay. plus the two and a half at Arizona. I know, I know we've talked about the Bills being potentially overrated going into this year. I think Arizona is also overrated um, in terms of, you know, defensively, they're pretty bad. And, and as great as Kyler has been on the ground, he hasn't been particularly great throwing the ball. Um, they lost to Miami last week in a, in a game mm-hmm. that really they were in a great spot to win. I had them. They were minus four. They, they went all the way up to minus six at game time. Um, but I think the Bills as an underdog here is value. Okay. And then I'm going to take the Bears plus the two and a half over the Vikings. I know that's going to be a very unpopular pick with how well the Vikings have played and how well Dalvin Cook is playing. Um, but, you know, this is Bears at home on Monday night, still have a very good defense, a much better defense than the Vikings. 
And if they can get anything going offensively, I think they can win this game. I always want the Bears to have trouble because of Wilbon. But um, in this particular case, I think I agree with you in this. It's just that I think they'll stop Dalvin Cook. And then Cousins has to beat you. He has to beat you. And I don't know, having watched him for so many years in Washington, I never thought he was as good as other people thought. But maybe I'm wrong. Thank you, Jeff. Um, the, okay, it's bet so. the process. And we love having Jeff on. And I didn't know that Rufus was a total savant on golf. We should talk about that. Thanks, Jeff. Jeff Mob, boys and girls. Okay. We will, right, we'll take a break, and we will have email and jingle when we return. I am Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. So this winter looks pretty different than it has before. As far as sports go, this is the ultimate answer to never leaving your couch and missing the game. Now this is where it turns. This is the underpants read. Oh, yeah. MeUndies has the coziest lounging apparel, the softest undies, and the perfect to get up for you to never get up. At some point in the underpants read, you got to get to the underpants. No matter how you sugarcoat it at the top, you got to get to the Just underpants. Just wanted to give you fair warning. Yeah. Just listen oh. to Juju Smith-Schuster, who teamed up with MeUndies this year. He says a onesie is like zipping up happiness all over your body. Now, this is where they want me to motivate your audience. What's your favorite thing to watch on an all-day marathon of sports? Hoo-hoo, you chose the right week for this read. Uh, we have all-day coverage of the Masters, if and when it starts. And I was sort of hoping that I'd go out to my porch and I'd see that MeUndies package. And I'd open it up and I'd see something that I'd recognize. Camellias. I'd see Firethorn. Holly. And I could just know that I had something special on as I watched the Masters. 2014, or the 2020 November Masters. Uh, do you have a lucky pair of undies you wear when watching the game? Not yet. This <laughs> holiday season, gifting is easier than ever with MeUndies. They have the perfect option for everyone in your life. MeUndies offers free shipping, so you can stay in and order your family their favorite undies, socks, lounge pants, and PJs. While you're at it, you might as well stock up on soft for yourself with cozy clothes to really hibernate this winter. MeUndies has a brand spanking new winter product this year. Get your cozy on with their new PJ sets and holiday-themed prints. Again, I'm holding out for Firethorn. Keep an eye out for other new additions. MeUndies has a great offer for Tony's listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping. MeUndies also has their problem-free philosophy. If you're not satisfied with any product for any reason, they'll refund or exchange it. No caveats, no questions. You just have to give them a call, I guess. To get your 15% off, your first order and free shipping, go to MeUndies.com slash Tony K. That's MeUndies.com slash Tony K. Very nice job. Thanks, Dad. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. Bar and Friendship Heights. Mike's left on the mezzanine. Unfinished basement mural scenes. Near boxes full of shirts that never sold. Shashkis on the wall. Jerseys, photos, hockey sticks Plumbing that was never fixed Flowing past the sticky, dusty bar Now that chapter's closed No more restaurant studio Now Nigel calls in on the telephone while Tony does his show from home, I miss the chatter of the breakfast crowd. I wish we could be there now. I can't tell you how good this is. 
I mean, Vincent is a great, great song by Don McLean, and How Smart This Is by Jerry Negrelli. This, that's great. That's just absolutely great. Grateful for that. Nigel, you got the Bethesda Bagel ad? I do indeed, Mr. Tony. Bethesda Bagels, we love them. You will as well. They've got lots of co locations around the D.C. area. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location nearest you. Then stop in, grab bagel sandwiches, grab black and white cookies, chicken noodle soup, matzo soup, whatever you want. They've got it, and it's fantastic. There's no such thing as matzo soup. It's matzo, matzo ball, ball soup. soup. Sorry. Yes. So well. boyish. Um, <laughs> we, found the, we found the Aloha Tower calendar and thermometer. We found it. It's clearly broken because it's not registering that it's 90 degrees in here. It's the hottest house in the world. I guess that's about it for the show today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me say, I'm standing on a corner in Winslow, Arizona, and it's such a fine sight to see. There's a girl, my lord, in a flatbed Ford, slowing down to take a look at me. That was a Glenn Fry song, the late, great Glenn Fry for the Eagles. Yes, but um, fixing, fixing the, um, oh, who's the guy? Jackson, right? Jackson, Jackson Brown. Brown wrote it. Yes. Jackson Brown, yeah, 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 yeah because yeah. he started and said, But Glenn hey, Fry sang do, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was his lead. Like, Henley wasn't leading on that. It was Fry on that one. No, that was Fry. Thanks yes. to our guests today, uh, Barry Zverluga and Jeff Ma. Thanks to our sponsors today, MeUndies, ExpressVPN, and Brooklyn. And remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Radio.com. If you get the show through iTunes, please leave us a review. From Jack Record, just a short note to say thank you for recommending the Reef Grill in Jupiter, Florida. My grandparents, by way of Garden City on Long Island, have lived down here for years. And my father and I just came down to spend some time with them and drown in all the rain. I heard your story about Mr. Vardaman. I took my dad to the grill for our first time last night. Mr. Rick was behind the bar. He treated us to his inside kindness and menu recommendations. Mr. Rick, the food, the wine, the people in the atmosphere, absolutely amazing. I sincerely appreciate your recommendations. I probably would never have found this gem. Yeah, it's the Reef Grill. I mean, you gotta, you gotta go. You gotta go. Jim Flynn in Colebrook, Connecticut. You're right. Quiz Show is a great movie. After watching it for about the 400th time, I decided to look into Charles Van Doren. It turns out he died in 2019. For many years prior, he taught freshman English at the Torrington branch of UConn, which is maybe 15 miles from downtown Colebrook. I wonder if his students knew who he was. Oh, I, I think somebody would have. I would think so. Uh, Gabe Huddleston in Fort Worth, Texas. I recently purchased my second Subaru. It's a plug-in hybrid Crosstrek. So not only do I think I love my kids more than everyone else, but I care about the environment more as well. You and Michael can now eat it with a second serving. Sadly, I sold my old Subaru Outback with a TK sticker on the back. I guess I'll have to preemptively give everyone the TK salute. And when you do it, it'll be done with love and affection for the environment in ways that nobody will understand. Alex in Paris. Dear Grandpa Toby, all through this pandemic, we've been told to stay at least six feet apart from one another. However, we have yet to be told a more important matter. What is the safest distance to not be infected by a Hallmark movie with its small town love stories and gazebos? As a qualified doctor, I thought you'd be the best person to ask. Also, should one be exposed to a Hallmark movie? How long do you think said person should self-isolate in the nearest five-star hotel? <laughs> sort of funny. Simka Spolter. I'm a lieutenant in the Israeli army, quickly becoming a regular listener to the show on my six-hour round trip each day. I myself am an avid WFT fan. I grew up in Detroit, but because the Lions were always so terrible, I decided to defect to my father's childhood team. My younger brother remains a diehard Lions fan, a source of constant teasing for me. I try to watch as many games as possible, which isn't easy with an eight-hour time difference, and especially with Washington's recent struggles. The point of this email is, first and foremost, to pick you up during these difficult times as a Washington fan with a deep personal belief that happy times are not far off. Secondly, I'd like to send a huge thank you to you, Michael, and the entire team for making a few trips a week so much more enjoyable. Thank you for that. Leslie Thomas, dear Mr. Tony, 
It doesn't matter what is going on in the world, but I always get a smile and a laugh when I listen to your show. I am proud to be a loyal little. When you talked about the hole in your shoe, it reminded me of my dad. My dad had a 28-year 20 year career in the Navy, so as yesterday was Veterans Day, I'm remembering my dad. My father was complaining of some vague back pain when he was 80. He was active, he handled all the yard work, worked a couple of miles a day, stayed pretty healthy except for an addiction to Snickers, Twinkies, and peanut M&Ms. He complained about the back pain enough that my mom decided he needed to see a doctor. So an appointment was made and off to Johns Hopkins they went. I came home later in the day and met my dad at the, doctor, at the door. He told me he was going to have to have surgery on his back. I was looking at him and I looked down on his feet. He was wearing his walking shoes with the area over his big toes cut out. I asked him why the toes were cut out. Did the doctor do that? Dad said no. He had the toes cut out because it hurt to walk in the shoes. The light bulb went off in my head and I took him immediately to buy shoes that were the proper size. And I got rid of all his other shoes when we got home. Needless to say, the back pain went away and so did the surgery. Thank you for everything you do to help keep me informed on golf and what is going on in the world. And from Alex Mack in Oxford, England, when the Masters tradition of pairing the previous year's winners with the U.S. Open champ, then if Brooks wins the Masters this week, then we'll finally get the Brooks and Bryson pairing at the Masters in April. We'll all, but that Bryson hasn't won. Oh, it's with the U.S. Open. Oh, yes. We're all Brooks fans this week now because they hate each other, do they not? Oh, they, they do. But. Yeah, so that would be a good pairing. And one more from Justin Johnson in Arlington, Virginia. I feel I should chime in on the water polo conversation to let you know that Cumberland Valley in central Pennsylvania also had a water polo team. That statement is the extent of my knowledge on the sport. <laughs> if you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. Who's your favorite pitcher? Max Scherzer. What does Max Scherzer do? Thanks. Who's your favorite batter? Soto. Soto? <laughs> uh.
it's the discovery du jour. Gravity has mass, now I can sleep again for sure. It explains the expansion of the universe. It explains the Atlanta sports fans curse. Why Kershaw in the playoffs can lead to indigestion. It solves the over-under toilet paper question. It explains how Brady at 80 can still pass. Gravity has mass. That gravity has mass explains double-doink kicks. Blake Snell getting pulled, this two outs into six. The frightened looks of Mike Tyson's early opponents, LeBron's 15-year dominance, David Aldridge moments, the TK show won't ever run out of gas if gravity has mass.